One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Pod channel. I'm Stacey June. And I'm Christy Mercer. Yeah, hi, and we're glad you're here. Yes, welcome. Uh, this is where we drop all kinds of chats about our lives, our guest lives, and of course, your life. Yeah, it's pretty simple, Simon's. It's basically like you just press subscribe. And it's like online shopping, you know, like when you're, I don't know. Is it though? Yeah, but online shopping. you don't want people to put you in the bin and then never buy you. No, but online shopping is like it's always a surprise whether you like what rocks up or whether you don't. Oh. It's exciting to get something in the mail that's not a bill, I think. Okay, in the mail. Right, because mostly my that's a very different experience to me. I just put things in a cart and then never purchase. Oh, I do that too. So don't listen to us and not subscribe is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> don't be just dancing around the fact like I yeah, do commit. with ASOS. Commit to it. Yes, please. Yeah, don't do a stacky June when yeah. it comes to ASOS, and please. Just look at my, you know, winter wardrobe that will never be, you know? Do you have you ever gone from a dream wardrobe to then you really work it down and scale it back to what you need, which is me, and then I'm, I'll end up purchasing one thing from that's, about eighteen. I'm no, like, no. how depressing. That's me with nasty gal because it's always a sale. So I'm yeah. like, oh, I'm gonna buy all this stuff, and then I went, mm, refine, just you know, search by sale option. But then when you add it all up, it's like it's still. Then it becomes real money. When you see that it's 30% off and it's twenty nine ninety five, you're like, stunning. But then when it's all added up together, you're like, oh, one sixty eight. That sounds a lot. Yeah, and 30% off twenty nine ninety five <laughs> is actually not that much. Like you think in your head, you're like, oh, bargain. It's still over $20. True. That's <laughs> so true. I wonder if this particular guest would have something to say on any of this. I highly doubt it. I don't know. I feel like she might be too highly developed to be putting shit in a shopping cart and exiting. This particular woman, I suppose, is a unique take for us, a unique pick. We don't speak to a lot of politicians on this podcast, although we have invited many of them to join true. us. Mm-hmm. Christine Forster is the first one to say yes, and that may be because I screamed at her at the Mardi Gras parade and then she couldn't I don't know she couldn't resist we were in very very bright very sequin costumes and she came over and we had a chat I'm pretty sure we had like a a, a fairly extended group hug together it was which was magical. so nice and you know how you say let's have you on the podcast and she was very much like yeah yeah but she actually followed through she too. sure did now this chat is really important to us to get you to know Christine as the politician and the counsellor that she is, the journalist that she is, the mother that she is, and a little bit more than just Tony Abbott's sister. So, so the true. name might have been familiar and you may not have known who we were talking about until I mentioned T-Abs. Yeah, and then now everyone's like, oh, yeah, that one, the sister. And don't the worry. The sister that is gay that just got married. Exactly. And she opens up about mm-hmm. it. Um, she is a real open book and we had loved having this conversation with her because she was open and vulnerable and honest and kind. 
behind and answered questions that were probably a bit uncomfortable. And we just thought she was just divine. Mm, we really, really enjoyed this chat. She, yeah, she, you just got a vibe when she when she walked out the door from the studio slash the house. We're just like, oh, that was just delightful. She's the Liberal Councillor for the City of Sydney. She is a journalist. She's also a mother, recently married to partner Virginia. And sister of Tony Abbott is one part of a very, very unique woman. Hope you like the chat. Christine Forster, welcome to the Think Girls pod channel. It's lovely to be here. Oh, can you tell everyone, do you remember meeting us? I sure <laughs> do. Uh, on the, the parade route at Mardi Gras this year. Oh, shit, yeah. Um, I wasn't sure if you would. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. No, you girls look fabulous. Uh, and I think that's why I sort of spotted you there. Yeah. Or maybe you called out to me. We, oh, we were I, waving I, like absolute was, maniacs, well, Stace in particular. Yeah, like at the top of her lungs. And we had on the most outrageous bright purple and bright pink sequined outfits yeah. from House of Priscilla There was Priscilla a lot of sequin, shop. I remember that. Oh, yeah. shit. And which is, which just, is entirely appropriate for Mardi Gras. Well, you, if you, there's got to be a day where you don't, you feel like, as a woman in particular, particular that you, don't have to wear pants mm. you know you just feel so I almost and you're topless. not objectified yeah that's what I mean yeah. there's this comfort there that's, yeah, that's never true, there you I never feel that comfortable yeah. being that expressive creatively unless you're on stage performing mm. that's a good point actually well normally at Mardi Gras I'm just in shorts and a t-shirt so yeah because inevitably that's what you have to wear a daggy t-shirt yeah. <laughs> well, you've got something to plug, I'm sure. Yeah. Well, actually, well, this year we actually marched twice. So we marched in the uh, equality, marriage equality float, which mm-hmm. I think was when I saw you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then we got to the end of the parade, doubled back, fought our way through the crowd, stopped at a party that was in uh, Taylor Square, went upstairs, had a drink, uh, and then fought our way back downstairs, jumped into the parade at yes. Taylor Square, <laughs> ran back down and joined another float to come back up. So oh, we marched you've done twice. A, you've done yeah. a lap. That's yeah. unreal. Yeah. I mean, I know when we had that. It's great exercise. We had <laughs> Seriously, yeah. and for those of you that haven't been, it's a long, it's a long it stint. Like it really is. From start to finish. Yeah. Yeah. Usually by the time we get to Taylor Square, Virginia, uh, it looks like a tomato. She's usually <laughs> bright red, bright red. And because she dyes her hair red, she usually looks like she's bleeding. She'd be beaming. Yeah, she's bleeding because she's, the oh. hair, but she usually dyes her hair just before Mardi Gras, so she looks good. Uh, it's That's usually streaming down the neck and, you know. Uh, she, she, she's got a semi-permanent in there. God love something. it. It's pretty permanent. She tops it up. Oh, does the roots DIY at home? Love that shit. Don't stay in the sink though. Mum will get mad. She she reasonably often has to root herself. I know. I know. When we when we saw you very briefly at Mardi Gras, we were like maniacs over the fence, having an embrace. You know, being like, ah, amazing, happy Mardi Gras. I think. I had mates that live in Melbourne and they were asking about Mardi Gras and they were like, what's it like? They'd never been. They were thinking of coming up this year, not to be next year. They must. Mm. And what I said to them and anybody that had asked, I was like, what what I had expected from Mardi Gras, you expect the kind of hot pants, the glitter, the party. But what I was really surprised and um, uh, really touched by was how emotional it actually was. You see the 78ers, you see – you know, kids, you know, families, and you just that the first time we went, we were just standing there bawling our eyes out mm. at how overwhelming it is just to see people own who they are mm-hmm. and be proud of who they are for, and feel support. And for anyone, yeah. I think, as straighties as well, you know, like obviously you're there to support people that have had a very different and in a lot of instances a much more difficult journey, but there is something of an energy that is be who you are full stop 
Mm, that's right. Yeah, look, it's a, it's a really special occasion, Mardi Gras. And, of course, this year was even more special because mm. of marriage equality at the end of last year. So uh, there was a particularly good atmosphere there this year. Uh, but it's, it's, you know, you get a very different experience of it when you're actually in the parade. Mm. Uh, and really the, the best fun about being in the parade is being in the holding area before it starts. And, you know, you wander around, you see people, take photos, you know, check out the, the outrageous outfits and what have you. So that's, that's really good fun. And then, of course, the experience of marching, what I love about it is because I always just charge around like crazy and, mm-hmm. and talk to people on the, you know, on the crowds on the side of the, of the route and sort of, you know, high-five people and wave and carry on. Uh, it's it's just a great experience and it's very you know you really do connect with people and you yeah. get you know it's it's like walking through this just sea of happy faces oh, that's uh, what i mean I've no, I, do, I don't actually think i've ever experienced a, a place or a night or a group of people with so much love yep. like outwardly towards yep, every single other. person a, yep. yeah I've, i don't think i've I, actually that's I, why I, I never have well that's why i, I screamed your name because i <laughs> recognized your face and i was like this must be an epic moment for her. Like you don't hold back. Like you, feel everybody's so open. Yeah, there's a certain exuberance about mm. about Mardi Gras, and, and it really, and I think that comes from the fact that it does allow everybody to just express themselves mm. um, completely and without fear of being judged, uh, being criticised. Uh, it's the one night of the year that you can pretty much be as outrageous as you want, uh, and you can just be yourself for members you, of, of our community. Where did you guys grow up? On the North Shore of Sydney. North Shore. Mm-hmm. And when did you first realise you may be gay? Uh, Do you remember the moment? Do you remember a thought? No. It was a sort of a slow realisation for me and and in my 30s. Mm-hmm. Um, so not... You know, it wasn't I, an earlier time where you went, oh, no, I, I, that's a nothing thought or I can't think those thoughts well, and then you kind of move there along. Well, kind of was when I was in my teens. Yeah. You know, I had some very close relationships um, when I was in my teen teens, and I consciously made sure that they were not physical relationships. Yeah, right. So that was conscious because yeah, yeah. I knew that there was a boundary that I could easily step over. Uh, so I, 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 I made sort of frontal lobe decisions that the, this, these relationships are not going to be, you know, yeah. I can't kiss this girl. Yeah, like, that's interesting. You know, as a greeting. Can't kiss her hello and goodbye because... You know, that would be stepping over a boundary that I, you know, can't step over. So, you know, and then, of course, I, I got married very young. I met a, met a man when I was living in England, uh, got married at, I was 22 when I got married. And so, mm. and we were, you know, very happy together and quite compatible. Um, uh, you know, it's very, very, very much had shared interests and shared outlook. Which and, a lot of people do, yeah. like marry for. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's not an uncommon thing, regardless of whether you remarry and you remarry this, like this, you, you know, you're straight, for example. A lot of people marry for different reasons. Do you know what I mean? Like, it is a very normal thing to do where you go, okay, well, I think this is the good thing for me, or this is oh, what yeah. I believe love is. We're all learning as we go. That's and right. also, you're 22. Hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, everybody's version of. You know, their great love affair is a very personal thing mm. um, and at, at the age of 22 I didn't have anything else to compare it with um, you know I know different now mm. um, because I've had a you know with Virginia an enormously passionate um, engaged you know mm. sort of blow your head off kind of love <laughs> affair uh, which hadn't been my experience in the past so 
you know, it, it's very, it was, it's been a very different journey mm. uh, in, in, you know, in, with in my uh, relationship with Virginia. But, but in terms of answering that question, yeah, I was probably in my thirties when I started mm. to actually consciously be aware of the fact that. Um, the, all those close relationships that I've had with women over the years when I've been intensely connected with them mm. um, were a bit, really a bit more than... than Maybe an attraction. Yeah. 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 Were, were you raised in a, a religious household? Uh, well, I was brought up as a Catholic. Yeah. And, yeah, look, my family, my parents are pretty... They, they, they were both converts to Catholicism and converts are always much more, <laughs> more intense <ardent laughs> about their about their oh, religion than, than how, people that are born into it. How, how, how? If you choose it. Like it's like I'm baptized, but what does that mean? Oh yeah. You know? Well that's right. I mean my father made a conscious decision to convert to Catholicism when he was in his teens. Mm. You know, most teenagers aren't really thinking about those sorts of things. Um, Same with your mum later in life. Was well, that after she, she converted met him? to get married to, yeah, right. to dad? Because in those days you couldn't get married in a Catholic church. Would so, you have to go? Were you practice like? Yeah, yeah. We were made. To, we were. Yeah, yeah, we we went to mass every Sunday mm-hmm. uh, when I was young, and it was expected, and you couldn't get out of it. Mm. Not optional. Up, up till you're how old? Oh, probably till I left school. Yeah. Yeah. Once you once you go to uni and you're driving and you're independent and. You know, and there was never a time where you continued to go back, like for Easter well, look, or I Christmas Eve. My, that old Chester. Yeah. Well, look, I brought my four children up as Catholics. Mm-hmm. Um. So I, you know, I regard myself as Catholic. Yeah. Uh, I don't go to mass very much these days. Um. Not even at Christmas and Easter anymore, sadly. Um. But see, there's the R. Funerals and weddings. Therefore, I cannot practice. Yeah. I therefore am not religious. You know, there's it's just such a there's a lot of there's a lot of rules. Isn't I it? even went. I went to mass for the first time in years with my granny uh, a, a month ago when I was visiting her, and just because I was like, she'll froth this if I go with her, and she did. She's got. Oh, let me introduce you to this person. That it was a really nice thing to yeah. do. Yeah, she would have really appreciated that. She did, and I really well, that's appreciated what she means by froth. Yeah, yeah well, just that, to give you the <laughs> Well, I kind of picked that up. <laughs> by inference but I'm um, talking slanger over here but but it's true the guilt thing that's what I really and I suppose I'm at a different place now where you can take bits that you like and bits that you don't like instead of just being yeah. angry and this is BS as I'm sitting there but the guilt thing was full on I realised that this whole the entire messaging around that entire service was you're not worthy you know <laughs> repent for your sins you know you have to get down on your knees because you know a beg for forgiveness for your life all this stuff where i was like this is an intense way to live your life yeah well it it offers a lot of people something you know a connection and a feeling of belonging that uh, not everybody has but as i say you know i regard myself as a catholic uh, even though in you know in real terms i'm not a practicing catholic but it's still part of the core of my being and so four kids were they how are they split between your partners just with my ex-husband. Four They're children. all four. Okay, yeah, yeah right. Mm. And so I haven't had any kids with Virginia. You haven't. <laughs> well, I, there is a lot of ways. No new babies on the way. Yeah. And so did she? Did she have kids? Yeah, she she had, has two children. Yeah, right. So that's that's busy. Mm. Yes. What's Christmas look like at your joint? Well, we've kind of. Uh, I mean, we usually we have sort of lunch or dinner with the with the kids that are around. I mean, all of our kids are adults now. Mm. Um, and living their own lives, but uh, yeah, it's it's been pretty hectic. We're we're now at the point though, because all the kids are adults and they're doing largely doing their own thing, 
Virginia and I, we went to New York last Christmas. Yes. 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 It was fabulous. We flew it. We stayed at the High Line for, for a week in New York. It was fabulous. We flew out on the 22nd of December. Not a care in the oh world. Oh, my God. I stayed in West Village. We yeah. were literally around yeah. the ground. Oh, the that's unreal. Did you, well, we went to Duplex on Christmas Eve, which is one of the very famous uh, piano bars in, in Greenwich Village. Oh, oh, I've been there. And they sit, it's the one where the, the piano is kind of in the corner and it's tiny. It goes around. And people sing. Yeah, it's yeah. the wow. best. Yes. It is the best. Yep, really. It's kind of like Mardi Gras in a condensed version. Get you out. You feel like you just, you just open. Everybody's just yelling at the pianist to wow. say, sing this. And it's it's awesome it's Fantastic like fun. what you imagine you know those weird like american movies where everyone's around the piano yes it's in a with eggnog and like yeah. some form yeah, yeah, of this, like knitted this jumper in america a lot actually and yeah I, I generally we tend to find it seek out these types of places so the guy that was playing on new Year's Eve, on christmas eve in new york at duplex has got a man called brian nash who is just gorgeous mm. and i sang with him so all the people that go to these bars uh, sort of waiting to be discovered yeah. by yes. the producers of Glee. Because uh, yeah. <laughs> they're sitting there in the corner with yeah. their uh, director's there's all, chair. There's all these people that sort of go, oh, no, I couldn't possibly sing, and then just launch into the, you know, the best Celine Dion impression you've ever heard kind of thing. Um, and then there's me. I'm kind of semi-professional. <laughs> I.e., you just like to get up there. What did you rip sing? out? What did you rip out on Christmas Eve I, circa a year I, ago? Well, my, I have a few. I like uh, sort of diva anthems is what I sing. Yes, Queen. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and what so I sang one of my favourites, which is The Greatest Love of All. Yeah. Oh, yes. The Whitney Houston version. Love, yes. Um, and anyway, so that went down. And there was a hot, there was, we walked into this bar and there was about half a dozen people from Sydney who went, oh, you know, Christine, Virginia, how, how are you? Sort yeah. of thing. And oh, do, yeah. you, do you like or hate that? Because part of me, when you're overseas, you're like, you hear an Australian accent and you're like, oh, I'm not far enough away yet. No, it doesn't bother me at all, um, actually. I always quite like to run into, a, into I've Australian. I've noticed that about your energy, actually. I mean, not just for the fact that we randomly screamed at you and you came over. <laughs> I mean, that's obviously was also giving it away. But you do. Well, you looked friendly. You weren't screaming at me in in an unfriendly way. But it was, you do look very open to that. So I guess you're used to that, right? In your life, in your public office, and I guess your brother and all that stuff. Yep. Yeah, yeah, reasonably used to it. Mm. Kissing babies, shaking hands. Yeah, no, well, you have to do it. And, and, you know, and I'm a politician, Mm. a small time politician in local government. But, you know, you have, yeah, you have to be accessible and mm. open to people and approachable mm. and you have to engage with them so you know that sort of thing doesn't doesn't phase me at all but anyway to finish the story so how dare we digress <laughs> so brian nash at, like, that, night, <laughs> that night says to us oh great i'm coming to sydney for mardi gras and i said oh fabulous and then rab- randomly a uh, friend of ours trevor ashley who you might know who's yes, a, very quite cool, a, yeah. a, a well-known performer texts uh, Virginia and I the week before Mardi Gras and said, oh, I've got this great friend, Brian Nash, who's coming to play at the Oxford Hotel uh, on Thursday night. You know, would you girls like to come? Because I know you like that sort of stuff. And we said, Brian, oh, we go way back. (laughs) (laughs) So it was a Your friend. Yeah. (laughs) We know Brian. (laughs) We met in New York. That is so Aussie too. Your mate. Nah, (laughs) I met him the other week. Like, he's he's my friend. (laughs) So we walk into this, into the Oxford, to Ginger's uh, upstairs at the Oxford where they've got the grand piano set up and Brian's there playing and Trevor Ashley's singing and... You know the yellow wiggles singing. Oh. And Simon Burke comes P.S. in. Yes, I sings. saw him getting low he's at a really, club the other week. He's a really nice man. Actually. Yeah, <laughs> Patrick is it? Patrick? Yeah, I'm not sure. He was the new yellow wiggle. Okay, right. at Frankie's with right. the oh, with really? the chick that does the Danos direct thing. 
Are you seriously? Nah, no, I swear to God, nah, that they were just dancing real hard. Yeah, right. Yeah, Who the chick that does the dance. Yeah, he, he was really nice. I hadn't met him before. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so we walk into Ginger's uh, and they're all singing and, and blah, blah, blah. And then tra- Trevor Ashley announces me to get up. Yes! So I bounce up to the stage oh. after all these professional singers, you know, and I'm pretty hopeless. But I, I mean, I can hold a tune, but I just have fun. Anyway, oh, Brian, hi, so nice to see you again. Oh, Christine, <laughs> it's fabulous. You know, how was your trip in New York? And so we're, now we're like that. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. There was a lot of people around at Mardi Gras, so Virginia and I walk into Stonewall, I think it was the Wednesday before Mardi Gras, and who, who comes in after us? But the Orange is the New Black Girls. Oh, that's oh I lost my shit because I didn't even know that they were going to be on the float, and Stace is looking at me going, mate, this has been news for like 14 well, days. Well, you also went to the press release, like the media, like the opening of it, they were all there. No, they're gone by that point because I was ah, late, remember, oh, to get our passes. Yeah, so we ended up having a drink with Tasty and Boo. Oh, that is tasty. On the night of Mardi Gras, Virginia, not me, I don't know where I was, I must have been in the loo or something, met uh, Poussey. As well. Oh, Christ. she she gave me direct she eye contact did. from the parade. Swear to God, oh God, she's gorgeous. <laughs> she's stunning. Yeah, so we had a, a great time, and at the after party, also I met, and I, I have to confess, I didn't know who she was, uh, Kelly Rowland. Oh, good lord. Oh, just, Kelly Rowland was there. Yeah, Beyonce's best. Yeah, no big. I know. <laughs> Every gay man that I've told since that has gone, oh, my God, you're getting away. <laughs> and I'm sure a lot of the gays would probably back her to be one of the stronger, yeah. you know, destiny She was child. absolutely delightful. Mm. She's stunning. Mm. What a nice person. Absolutely gorgeous. Yeah, she goes from the inside. So she's a voice coach. Yeah, right? she yeah. is. So yeah, I, yeah. I assume she's back here to do... Obviously not a huge fan of the voice over there. <laughs> I, no, I used to be, but I just the last couple of seasons, for some reason, we haven't been... It's changed. Like, were you watching Seal Days? Yes. Before, yeah. he, first ca- couple before of he left and came yeah. back. Yeah, yeah Seal, dro- a few people dropped off with Seal. Delta's the only man, uh, lady standing. I love Delta, but I didn't mm. see the um, uh, Commonwealth Games thing last no, night. No, I didn't either. I did. I, was, I saw Ricky Lee. Oh, God, it went for about 15 hours. Yeah, it was, yeah I was, there was a having lot. dinner in... in one of the pubs in Surrey Hills and it seemed to be going on for a Well, long my partner time. said, why are we watching this? I said, because it's Australia. Yeah. Australia. Like, what do you mean? Yeah. That's why it's a cultural moment. Yeah, and I, I had, had it on in the background. Games. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, what yeah. Are you, speaking of that, the whole Republic thing, thoughts? I mean, there's Prince Charles looking more irrelevant than ever. 
Like, it is a great event. I understand that it brings together and I know the country loves sport, but it does bring up the Republic conversation. And doesn't he look old? That's, yeah. that's the shocking thing for me. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know, this man he's been waiting to become the king all his life and but you, he's, he's going to be a really old man when he does. You your know why, vote, too? Your vote is no. Uh, no, I actually voted for the Republic okay. in 1999 um, on the basis that it seems illogical to me for a, a modern grown-up democracy like Australia to have a, a foreign head of state. Uh, and however way you cut and dice it, we have a foreign head of state, mm. uh, even though the Governor-General is effectively um, our head of state, the reality is the monarch still is. So on that basis, I voted no. I think now I would have to... They would have there would have to be a proposal for a better model than they, than we had in 1999 for me mm. to vote yes, to, to vote for the um, Republic again. So I think I said I voted no. I actually voted for the Republic. Right. So, for yeah, the Republic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a bit of a complex way that, like, it's even confusing for you to explain it because it was confusing back then, right? Yeah, no. It, but no, it was relatively simple. From memory, the model was that uh, the head of state would be appointed by a two-thirds or a 75% majority of the parliament, um, which isn't a great model and people weren't that taken with it. And that's why the no vote, the no campaign, managed to persuade people not to to vote for So it's that. interesting. So rather than a lot of people feeling like they are against a republic, it was more. It could more be looked at that the model that was presented wasn't strong I, enough to I vote. Suspect, you, yeah. Yeah. I suspect, yeah. And, and that was by design. John Howard and, and Tony, my brother at the time, was the head of the uh, no campaign. Mm. Um, and they knew that... That he says would no be. to a lot, that bloke. Yes. <laughs> they knew. Was that his first word as a baby? Yeah, yeah. No. <laughs> but well, but he's much older than me, so I can't tell you. So you weren't there. Um, uh, so they, and they did that by design. Um, yeah. Because they knew that people would be less uh, willing to embrace the idea, the idea of change if the people didn't have a direct say in it. And mm. their whole campaign was based on, well, don't trust the politicians to give you a president. Okay. Uh, mm. Which was clever campaigning, and you know Tony started to do this again in the marriage equality campaign. But luckily, that you know the people saw through that this time. But yeah, as I say, I would probably need a better model than that to vote for a republic. The republic referendum was a, an interesting comparison to the marriage equality referendum because going into the republic referendum, it was strongly people were strongly in favour. Yeah. And then there was about a 10% flip. It ended up being 45, 55, I think, from memory. It was a long time ago. Um, mm. so, so, you know, that's what they were hoping was going to happen with the with marriage the equality yeah. campaign. Yeah. They thought that... And that's that was a lot of the line that the um, opposition was running was that, well, you know, in 1999, the same thing happened. It was 55 in favour and uh, of a republic and what the result flipped around completely. So... You know, that's going to happen. On that, on that moment for the campaign, I remember we were in this lounge room, we were working and we went to watch it. And I remember in that moment, it was kind of the same feeling when, um, for, for me anyway, of just not knowing which way it was going to go. I think when Trump, when they, with the Trump-Hillary election as well, where you were like, this, I don't know if I can look at the world the same again if this doesn't come through, i.e. for the yes vote. If Hillary didn't come through, I, I was the two events I think for me that really were very, um, I just re were real big game changers of my vision of the world. Yeah, how you feel about the, the yeah about the who are we, what do we stand for, and what is what am I going to bring children to? Like, what is this world? What mm. is this country? And 
And so when we sat there, even though I had faith, you know, I you were so you got so worried about the I guess the areas across the country that regional otherwise that you're so unfamiliar with. And sometimes I think that we certainly live, you know, with our with our particular Facebook feeds where you see only a certain amount of, I guess, news that's associated with the way you view the world. I.e., mm. all of the people that were in my feed and the people around me absolutely voted yes so I was so fearful of what I didn't know was what was the moment like for you you would have got some intel or did you get any kind of information the 24 hours leading up to that announcement what was your your kind of lead in well there was no intel um but the polling had for the last five years for the five years in the lead up to the uh uh, marriage equality Plebiscite, postal survey. What, um, yeah. what, slash shamozzle. <laughs> the vote. Yes. The vote. Um, the polling was solid. It, you know, it had it had been between 65 and 75% in favour for, for several years. Mm. Um, so, and, and I think, I mean, I had heard from people very close to the campaign that the, that the polling that had been conducted, you know, during the course of the campaign was holding solid. So, you know, that doesn't mean that I was confident going, mm. you know, when mm. I got up that morning and headed down to the park to hear the result. Uh, I think like everybody else, I was extraordinarily nervous <laughs> about how it would end up. And uh, nobody, nobody, I wouldn't have put any money on it. How do you separate party policy with who you are as a core? Like, how do you actually do that? Like, well, practically with... with with that issue in particular, it was very easy, because it's it you know it was it's a core belief of mine that that everybody should have the right to marry the person that they choose to marry. Mm. Um, so and that was obviously not our party policy, mm. but it was very much part of my life and part of how I believe and what I was thinking. And and you know when I first uh, when Virginia and I, for instance, first moved in together, uh, set up a home. Uh, I wasn't necessarily thinking about marriage because it wasn't something that was any possibility mm. at that point. But, you know, not long after that, I proposed to Virginia. Once you're actually, it's part of your own life and part of what, you know, what's driving you, then yeah. that makes it very easy for you to disagree with people in your party. Yeah. How, but how do you do How do you go to work feeling like you're, I mean, because obviously there's people in the Liberal Party that, were very much not with you on that, whether they were gay or not. There was there are people in there that would have chosen to vote yes. But as a general whole, but how the party do you go policy. into work knowing that there's so many that then the actual I know you go to work and there's your core values on the blackboard. These are the ways that we are going to live by, and that is something that's so against who you are. Well, you know, one of the core values of the Liberal Party is we believe in the freedom of individual. <laughs> and you know the freedom to marry is is pretty core to that mm. so uh but you know it's the it's the question stace that i get asked a lot about you know how how can you not be angry with your brother mm. uh, the reality is i respect his his right to hold an opposing view uh and you can hold opposing views within political parties and still still adhere to the to the to the things that that you believe and the and the way you think governments should run mm. and and how you think uh, you know the people and communities and and nations should uh, operate 
Mm. Uh, but you know, there's there's room for a lot of different opinions within those you know overriding principles. So, Do, but never it's like it never it's not sinking your heart that he it's such a public thing in your face. Well, it it you know there were t- there were times during the campaign, the equality campaign, that I did feel quite angry and mm. disappointed mm. and hurt uh, by some of the things that were said. Mm. Uh, but ultimately, you know, every. I, I genuinely respect the, the rights of others to hold different views and I don't believe that those views are held because they want me in any way to live a, a less good life or mm. a less fulfilled life. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, Have you ever had a conversation with him about, that, like, shake hands on it, out there is out there? Well, yeah. I mean, we talked about it a lot mm. over the years. Um, I mean, I, I asked Virginia to marry me when Tony was the Prime Minister. Mm. Uh, and and this the whole debate about marriage was was starting to heat up. So uh, just the irony. Yeah, yeah, it's very it's a, random. I mean, in years know, to come, there's going to be a show. Write, there's a comedy, write a bloody book on that. Exactly. Couldn't make this stuff up. Such a remarkable story. But you know, on the morning of the vote, uh, the announcement of the vote, Tony rang me within about ten minutes of, of it being announced to say, you know, well done, congratulations. Um, so, you know, we shook hands on it, basically, and uh, you know, he fought a good fight and it's just that we fought a better fight. Yeah. Well, that, I wonder if that would be hard for him too because obviously you're his sister, he loves you, but then there's almost, I don't know, this kind of grouping to, together where he might wa- obviously wants you to be happy mm. um, and wants you to be with the person that you love, but then also has an opposing view. So that would be hard to kind of embody both, wanting the best for someone that you love, but then also going, well, I kind of don't agree with it. Well, we all sit here and say you have to be who you are, right? You know, just because we, and that's the first kind of time we've probably showed some empathy to him on this show. (laughs) Because a lot of his views don't really stand. (laughs) But it's true. Like a lot of his views wouldn't stand by things that we do. But at the same time, if we all sit here and say that you have should have a right to be who you are, then that would be conflicting for him just as much as it is Yeah, and his, his view about marriage was that, and his view about my relationship and Virginia's relationship is that you know it is in every way as good and as mm. and as worthwhile as his and Margie's, uh, but that you know history and the law says that it shouldn't be solemnised as a marriage. You know I just fundamentally disagree with that. Mm. But but he doesn't. His view is not that. Like, yes, yeah. Yeah. yeah, you've said it beautifully. Yeah, uh, as I said, have said many times, uh, particularly over the course of the campaign, he is a traditionalist, and he, you know, he looks at the historical precedent and mm. says that that you know there's no need to change that. There's a book. There's a rule book. This yeah. is how we live it. Yeah. He was beaming in the front row of the wedding. P.S. Oh yeah, he was loving it. <laughs> but I tell you what, you know, I thought when I when we had written out this service, I sort of thought this is pretty traditional. It's keeping within the rules in terms of the structure and what have you. Uh, but apparently Your Tony's mom. comment was, oh, well, I was expecting something a bit more traditional. <laughs> Are you for reals, bro? <laughs> I thought, gee, I thought it was really traditional. <laughs> it's oh, of a joke at the beginning. Your mum, like, how did I have children on such extremes? Like, how is this so? But I often, I do often wonder about that. The way that we, that you're raised in a family in the exact same way, with the exact same yeah, upbringing, the DNA. exact same parents. Oh my! Because I sometimes look at my sister and I, and I'm just like, 
we are legitimately opposite in so many ways like do you i mean that must be something a thought process christine um we want to quickly ask you we've got a question from a posse member by the name of jason um who has entered into tradie land and is gay and he's got a bit of uh, got a bit of confidence issues around this, and we wanted to see if you would hang around, and we can air this tomorrow um, for you to help Jason out with some tips. Yeah, sure. On being in an environment that generally isn't very used to, you know, used to what he chooses to do yeah. in his personal life. We'll do that tomorrow. Yeah. Christine, it has been such a divine divine time with you that's just lovely it's been fun yeah we're so glad that you came by oh well that was divine wasn't it uh if you do want to stick around and hear christine's answer to jason's big problem on tomorrow's show please do uh the posse podcast will be up in a day's time yeah speaking of or if, next on the list if yeah you're not listening to it live, live, live if you have got an issue or something going on in your life that you i don't know maybe don't really have that many people around to talk about shoot it through to us via dm on insta or on facebook or email us at hello at thinkagod.com.au and like jason we could get a special guest in to help answer it for you now jason wants to know what the situation is in his new workplace, he has done a complete career change and gone from a more corporate structure to a trade and he hasn't told anyone he's gay. I think Christine's the exact person that needs to talk to him about this. That's tomorrow on the Thinker Girls pod channel. We'll chat to you then. Bye. but you want to chat about it more, make sure you go to the Thinker Girls on Facebook. Uh, it's obviously us and Insta because that's where we're going to be continuing this combo with you, Posse. Yes, we want to know what you think, Posse. So every week we'll be breaking down our podcast content across social media so you have an opportunity to share your opinions. Plus, we're on Insta stories every damn day so you get to come along with us for this crazy TG ride. Yeah, Merce. Head to Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat or even Twitter to find us. 